Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what is going on? This is Jeff Hartman. Now it's the senior of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Thank you for joining me. If you're listening live, not on the Locker Room app anymore, no, it is now the Spotify Green Room app. The Spotify Green Room app. Why did they change it? I don't know. However, it is what it is. It's still available for all iOS users, also for the Android users out there. The beta version is available. You can absolutely join me every Tuesday evening to talk about all things Pittsburgh Steelers. As we wait for people to chime in, I want to remind all the listeners out there that you can get all of our podcasts, not just my Let's Ride podcast every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but the live Mike had a great episode yesterday about offensive expectations with Michael Beck, our deputy editor. You get the Stat Geek with Dave Schofield every Thursday morning. And then you have all the PM shows. We're talking about the Hangover, the Scobro Show, the Curtain Call, the Preview, Friday Night Six Pack with Tony, Touchdown Under 2 a.m. And then also these other little shows that just get thrown in there in the mix. We're talking about the War Room with Matty Peverell. We're talking about the Retro Show with Brian Anthony Davis. Um, and then, you know, just fact or fiction. And we're going to be expanding our platform so make sure you check that out. And I have to say, you know, we're a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which is a part of SB Nation. By all means, make sure you join us there. Uh, it's a great community, great discussion. It's great to see the discussions, the, the comments starting to kind of rev up. People are getting excited. They are getting excited for this season, and I am too, for a lot of reasons. A lot of haters out there. There's a lot of doubters out there. Some of them are in black and gold. They're Pittsburgh. Well, they're, they claim to be Pittsburgh Steelers fans. That's kind of what I want to start the show with today is, is talking about fans. It's, it's interesting. Dave Schofield wrote this article for the website on Monday. It was an article that I, he was going to write on Sunday. And in the offseason, the, the weekend content, you, you just kind of like, hey, if we have it, we have it. If we don't, it's not a big deal. And Dave said, I'm thinking about writing this article about our miserable Steelers fans, even fans at all. And I said, Dave, I'm going to be honest with you. I think you should save that. Save it until Monday. He said, really? But why? I said, you, you want to save it. You want to save it for Monday. It's going to have a lot of discussion. There's going to be a lot of people that want to talk about this via the comment section and behind the steel curtain.com. And he did. And boy, did was I right. <laughs> I'm not here to pat myself on the back. I didn't write the article. But I was right. There was a lot of discussion and I kind of agree with Dave. You know, there's those fans out there that I swear the Steelers could win the Super Bowl. And they could win the Super Bowl by a final score of 63 to nothing. And there would be fans that still complain about something. They will still complain about maybe it was a bad Ben Roethlisberger turnover. Or maybe it was a mismanaged timeout by Mike Tomlin. Or maybe it was a dropped interception by a defensive back. I don't know. They would find something to complain about. They would find it. I mean, you would have to go and look for it and find it. But that's just who they are. They call themselves, most of them call themselves realists. I call themselves very, they're just very negative people in, in, in general. I'm not saying that you have to be a homer. I'm not saying that you have to be 
looking through your black and gold glasses or your rose-colored glasses all the time. I'm not suggesting that at all. What I am suggesting is that I hope that fans can at least look at the possibility of the positive happening. And what I mean by that is that I hope that you all would look at it and say, I'm not sure if they're going to be that great, but I really do hope they are. And that may sound crazy, by the way. There might be some fans that are listening and saying, there's people that say the opposite. I really do think there are. I think there's people that hope for some unknown reason, sometimes it is known, that this team falls flat on their face. There are people out there that hope that, whether it's to get a high draft pick, whether it's to get Mike Tomlin fired, whether it's to have the, the team go, go through some crazy change. I don't know. I'm not one of those people. The Steelers fan base is fickle. And that article that Dave wrote, which is kudos to him, a great job writing that article, was exactly that. It just was very poignant, and it really pointed the finger at a lot of those fans in regards to how they handle themselves and things of that nature. Before we dive into the Twitter uh, mailbag, which my Rider Die crew did a great job today, you can follow me on Twitter at the same location. You can follow me on the Spotify Green Room, and that is the handle at J Hartman, H A R T M A N underscore P I T. I want to talk about these free agents. So the Steelers have gone about their business pretty much standard oper- standard operating procedure. But if you've been paying attention, they've been bringing in some of these players. And at this date, this dates are pretty far back. But they brought in Carl Joseph, reportedly. They brought in Carl Joseph, the safety. Now, none of these players that we're going to talk about today actually have signed with the Steelers. Not yet, anyways. But it begs the question, these rumors and these visits, what is it telling us? What does it mean for the Steelers? Well, let's look at the three players that we're talking about. I just talked about Carl Joseph, the safety. Then you also had Malik Hooker. And I talked a lot about Malik Hooker and my my Twitter interactions with that young man. Um, And so he came in, and he's a safety. And then most recently, because – if, if it were to stop there after Joseph and Hooker, you would be able to say, I get it. I get it. The, the Steelers don't like their safety depth. They're looking to add a talented piece to the puzzle. That would be really simple. But then all of a sudden on Friday, on Friday, 4, I don't know, 4 o'clock p.m., 3.30 p.m. Eastern time, your standard news dump time. What is a news dump, you ask? A news dump is when... You have any type of organization, mainly in the sports world, they've been holding on to news, and then they're going to throw it out there at 3.30 p.m. on a Friday in hopes that everyone's driving home, no one's paying attention, let's just try to get this thing under the rug, let's dump this news, and then be on with our life. That's a news dump. And the Steelers did a news dump last Friday when Trey Turner, the former Pro Bowl guard, visited the Steelers. So now this turns everything on its head. Everything gets, in my opinion, everything gets turned on its head at this point. And what I mean by that is, so Joseph and Hooker come and you're saying, okay, this makes sense. Safety is an issue. Outside of Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick, they don't have much depth there. So you want to bring in somebody. Makes sense. But now all of a sudden Trey Turner comes in and people are thinking, this is weird. Do they really need guard depth? Most people would say no. Not only do you have David DeCastro, not only do you have Kevin Dotson, not only do you have 
someone like Kendrick Green who can play center or guard. B.J. Finney can play center or guard. J.C. Hasenauer can play center or guard. And Rashad Coward can play guard. And so everyone is kind of scratching their head. Why would they bring in Trey Turner? So then people start connecting even more dots. I'm not going to take credit for this. Mark Cavalli of The Athletic put this out on Twitter. He said that during mandatory minicamp, the Pittsburgh Steelers media met with every single starter on the roster except for David DeCastro. Every single starter. And so I started to think to myself, and this went back into OTAs. I I have to say that. Over the course of OTAs and Phase 3 OTAs and Minicamp, I want to preface that. Every single starter. And so I'm thinking, did this really happen? Well, we heard from Ben Roethlisberger. We heard from B.J. Finney. We heard from Najee Harris. We heard from Eric Ebron. We heard from uh, Pat Fryermuth. We heard from, I mean, you literally go down the list. Devin Bush, Zach Banner, Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds, all of these players. The media talked to him, except for David DeCastro. Okay, that's weird. That's weird. Then David DeCastro did not come to Pittsburgh during that phase three of organized team activities or OTAs. Was not present. Wasn't there. Uh, that's not abnormal. T.J. Watt wasn't there either. But T.J. Watt was there for mandatory minicamp. David DeCastro did show up at mandatory minicamp. Did not practice. Didn't practice once. Now, he might have been doing individual work. The reports were that they saw him in street clothes, down by the practice fields. And it, it was a situation where it's making you look around saying, what's really going on here? What is really going on here that David DeCastro, the all-pro guard, pro bowl guard, suddenly, is he hurt? We all assumed he was hurt last season, and that was the reason for the poor play. But is he still hurt? Is he contemplating retirement? Are the Steelers just covering their bases because Trey Turner is still out there and they want to try to add depth or bring in competition. Maybe they don't trust Kevin Dotson as much. Who knows? But when you bring in Trey Turner and you start adding all this other stuff together, and there's people that have gone down rabbit holes with David DeCastro and how he went to Stanford with Andrew Luck. He's good friends with Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, we all know, retired early. Could this be the same thing? Well, I would hope that unless there's an injury, and that injury did not heal. Unless, that, that's the only way that I can foresee that that's the reason, okay, that, that, that David DeCastro would suddenly retire after mandatory minicamp in about the, I don't know, three to four weeks before training camp. That's the only way I could see DeCastro saying, you know what, I'm done. I don't want to do this again. I feel like he would have followed the, the, the Vance McDonald. Marquise Pouncey, the two other players that retired, they were they did it the right way. They gave the Steelers enough time to prepare. This was before the NFL draft. This was before free agency. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this situation. Uh, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. I will say that for sure. It is something to keep an eye on. And it's, it's i got to be honest, it's kind of frightening. Frightening from a football standpoint. David Castro, everyone like me, is banking on him being there, playing right guard, being the leader of this revamped offensive line. You know, we're talking about Matt Canada's new system, Adrian Clem is the first time 
offensive line coach, his first time being the guy. You have unknown uncertainty at center. D- Dotson's first year starting at left guard. Chooks Okorafor hasn't started at left tackle since college. Right tackle is Zach Banner. He has never started more than one game in his career. And then you have that you were supposed to have that rock at right guard, David DeCastro. And if all of a sudden that rock isn't there, holy cow, that changes everything. Now, I don't want to scare anybody here. I'm not trying to pull a chicken little where it's literally the sky is falling. The sky is falling. Oh, my gosh, the sky is falling. I don't want to do that. I'm not trying to do that. I just want to make sure people are aware that every single visit, every single free agent the Steelers host, whether it's virtual or in person, does not matter. It means something. So the fact that the Steelers have visited with two safeties already this offseason, they don't like their depth at the position. That's obvious. But this Trey Turner visit, that's, that's different. That is a different beast altogether. So... Everyone assumed, myself included, that DeCastro, you know, he would be coming back. He would be ready to go. Now, I, I did have a question. I want to get to this question before I take a break here. This is from a writer die crew member, Katie Schultz, and this ties in with the topic. This is from the Twitter mailbag. She says, do you think the Steelers and DeCastro haven't announced something yet? I have a theory he's going to retire. If he does retire, what would his cap savings be? Is it possible they've signed Malik Hooker? She writes in parentheses, I know you don't like him. (laughs) Sorry. And Trey Turner and haven't announced this yet. So I want to say, and I could be wrong, and I know Dave Schofield would chastise me for not having this information at the ready. Um, But I believe he would save the Steelers roughly $8 million. Roughly $8 million if he decides to hang it up and retire. And so if they save, with an $8 million savings, could you get a Malik Hooker on the cheap? Could you maybe get a Trey Turner on the cheap? I don't know. I don't know. But it does beg the question. You have to wonder if there's something going on with David DeCastro. But if he's going to retire, why would he why would he even show up to minicamp? Why even show up to minicamp to walk around? That's my question. Why even make that gesture? Why come to camp? Why be there? Why walk around? It doesn't add up. None of this adds up. None of this adds up other than maybe the Steelers saying, we want to have a proven veteran at guard to be there just in case. In case DeCastro gets hurt, in case Dodson's not what we thought he was. Whatever the the case is, that's the only reason I can think in my head that they would bring in someone like Trey Turner. And again, if he's going to retire, if David DeCastro is going to retire, unless he came to Pittsburgh to tell him, why even show up? Why even show up? Announce your retirement and stay home. I don't even know. I think he's from the West Coast. Stay home. Stay home and enjoy your family. Yeah, David DeCastro's had a couple kids now. Stay home. I don't understand. Again, these free agent rumors, these visits, it's just there's something about it that doesn't add up. So, look, we're at the halfway point. We're going to take a break. If you're listening live on the Spotify Green Room app, uh, stay tuned because we're not going anywhere. I'll have some speaker requests hopefully here soon. If not, we're going to dive into the Twitter mailbag. Uh, But we'll be right back right after this break. Stay tuned.
All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. With you for the second part of this live Let's Ride, we're on the Spotify Green Room app. And if you're listening live and you want to talk, just put in a speaker request. We'd be glad to talk to you. If not, that's not a big deal. I have several people that always come in and just listen to the show, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that at all. My Ride or Die crew came in big time, and so they gave me a lot of questions. And so we're going to run through these. I can take my time with them if that's the case. So let's do that. Let's get started with that Twitter mailbag. I already read one question from Katie. Let's get to Gordon. Gordon Bent says this. Hey, Jeff, your SB Nation NFL show colleagues, and he's talking about uh, two two people that do the podcast for the NFL Nation group, and they are the Chiefs chief editor and the Cowboys chief editor. He said they have zero doubt the Steelers are heading for a meltdown this season. Led into the valley of death by number seven, talking about Ben Roethlisberger. I know the national media write us off every year, but could you foresee third in the division at six and 11? So my first response to this, to Gordon on Twitter was, you got to love analysis from Chiefs and Cowboys fans. And then, of course, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, the website, the Baltimore Beatdown, their editor has to chime into the mentions and just start to give his analysis. Like I even asked him to talk and he's talking about how you don't have to be a fan. I said, look, it's not about being a fan, but do these people that cover the chiefs and the Cowboys as close as I cover the Steelers, do they really know what's going on in Pittsburgh? Do they know anything about what Matt Canada is trying to do in Pittsburgh? Do they know about the reports from OTAs who was there? Who wasn't? Do they know about the reports of minicamp? The answer is no. And that's why the national media is just constantly trying to beat up on the Steelers and saying they're going to be horrible when they don't know. They don't know. Now, ESPN can go to someone like Brooke Pryor, who's covering the Steelers from Pittsburgh, but still, other than that, I mean, my gosh, come on. They don't know better, but still, they're saying that they're going to be 6-11, third in the division. I don't buy that for a second. I don't buy it for the second. I I know they have the most difficult schedule in the National Football League. I know that. But at the same time, I also know that this team typically plays well when their backs are against the wall. And I also know that their defense, I think, is going to be really, really good. And I think they could actually be a little bit better than last season. And that's you might find that hard to believe. You're saying, Jeff, you're nuts. You, might, you must be drunk because you obviously are saying you know, that they're going to be better without Steven Nelson, without Bud Dupree, and without Mike Hilton. Yes, yes, and yes. I think they could be. I think they could be with Cam Sutton, if James Pierre plays as well as we think he can. I think Alex Highsmith is a better pass rusher than Bud Dupree, even in year two, in terms of technique, in terms of being you know, really ex- an expert at pass rushing technique and moves. I think he is going to be better than Bud Dupree. Now, I do have concerns about the run stopping, but I don't think this defense is going to take a step back at all. I don't think they're going to take a step back at all. I think they're going to be really, really good. So could they finish third? I guess so. At 6-11, and 11, no. I will bet a lot of money that does not happen. We'll put it that way. But thank you, Gordon, for the question. If you're listening live on the Spotify Green Room app, please put in a speaker request. I'd be glad to talk to you. Otherwise, we're going to dive back into the Twitter mailbag. Zibs, longtime listener of the program, part of the Ride or Die crew, says, do you think any of the Steelers' wide receivers break 1,000 yards this year? Or will the tr- lack of a true number one wide receiver plus a hopefully better running game keep them from doing it? So this is a great question. And it's actually, I want to plug this series that myself and Dave Schofield are doing. We are doing a, a series that started on Monday. 
It is called 30 Scenarios in 30 Days. And what this is, Dave Schofield and I are just thinking of a scenario every day. And to give you an example, the very first one that we did, I ran it on Monday, was Najee Harris will break Franco Harris's rookie rushing records. That was the scenario number one. And inside the article, we outline everything from why it'll happen, why it won't happen, and our prediction. And so we do this for everything. And so that was on Monday. Dave did his uh, on Tuesday, which was the Steelers' defense will have 60 sacks. And it's, it's really interesting that the one that I'm doing for Wednesday, now at the time of this being recorded live on the Spotify Greenberg map, is that the Steelers will have two 1,000-yard receivers. Two 1,000-yard receivers in 2021. And as I was sitting and typing this article, I was thinking, okay, why will it happen? I think that the balance that will be provided from a running game will help. I think that Chase Claypool is a big, he's going to be a big play machine. And I do think that someone like Deontay Johnson, if he can just hold on to the football, will be a really, really big threat. Why won't it happen? Maybe Roethlisberger doesn't play that well. Maybe the running game is so effective they don't have to throw it as much. And maybe there's just not not enough footballs to go around. I mean, you talk about the three players last season that finished over 800 yards receiving. You're talking Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Juju Smith-Schuster. And then you had Eric Ebron was over 500. James Washington was around 500. Um, they all have a lot of they have a lot of weapons. And so maybe there's just not enough footballs to go around if they can run the ball. I think that they will. And you'll read this in the article. My prediction was that they will have two receivers go over 1,000 yards in 2021. I think that the running game is going to open things up in the passing game. Play action is going to be big. I think you might see bigger plays in the passing game, which leads to more yardage. As for the which receivers, I think, will be over 1,000 yards, you'll have to check out the article. <laughs> a little tease there. All right, let's get to it. If you do want to talk on the uh, Spotify green room, I'll put in a speaker request. I'd be glad to bring you on and talk. Uh, Amendez says, assuming DeCastro does not retire, I believe I read it will result in about an eight and a half million cap savings. Oh, I'm sorry. Assuming DeCastro does retire. So he said eight and a half million cap savings. Saw the Steelers had a visit from Trey Turner. Are there any other starting free agent guards available? To be honest, I haven't even looked. I haven't even looked. I don't want to look. I don't want to look and see if there's free agent guards out there. I'm hoping David DeCastro plays. I'm hoping this is literally just the Steelers doing their diligence bringing this player in, giving him a physical, and seeing could he be a viable option. I think that's all they've done so far. I think they were I think they were pretty serious about Carl Joseph, that if the price was right, they probably would have signed him on the spot. But clearly it wasn't. And he is now with the Raiders, I believe. Malik Hooker, he said, I think on an Instagram Live video, that he is someone that the Steelers did the old dog and pony show where they brought him in, ran a physical, naturally so, the guy's injury prone like crazy, coming off a ruptured Achilles tendon. And they brought him in and said, hey, you know, we'll give you a call. And that was it. So he's still back on the open market. I don't know. I'm not about yet. We'll see. Maybe there are some guards that are out there, but I don't know who they are. Lori, longtime listener and a part of the Ride or Die crew, asks, let's say the Steelers do end the season with double-digit wins. That's what I predicted, by the way. She said 10-7. and seven but still miss the playoffs. No major injuries, just the Browns and Ravens pushing the Steelers out of the playoff picture. How would you feel about the 2021 season? 
Okay, well, there's a lot of factors here. A lot of factors here with this specific scenario. 10 wins is a good season. I don't think 10 wins is a great season in the standard of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Missing the playoffs is not acceptable. Uh, so, therefore, I would not think that it could be deemed a, a success. Throw in the fact that if they're 10-7 and seven and they don't make the playoffs and Ben Roethlisberger says, you know what, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm just, I'm not playing anymore. Then no way is that a success. I would feel pretty down about the season, to be honest. Um, and it's not about, you know, going from 12 and four to 10 and seven, taking a step back. I just think that the Steelers, they have to get into the postseason. And, and for once, for once, I want them to be the team that gets into the playoffs and is considered a dangerous team. Now, this happened a lot early on in Mike Tomlin's career. It hasn't happened a lot since. If anything, the Pittsburgh Steelers get in and they just look like they're going to fall flat on their face. So with that being said, Lori, if they finish 10-7 and and don't make the playoffs, especially with no major injuries, oh my gosh, that's, that's rubbing salt in the wound. I don't think that, I don't think it matters. All right. Next question. Brian Haynes says, according to our experts, uh, where we, meaning the Steelers, are going to finish under 500 and in third place. We all know that's not happening. What's your realistic prediction for how the division pans out? He uses hashtag ride or die crew. Thank you, Brian. Very loyal listener, Brian Haynes. Um, so here's what I think is going to happen within the division. I think it is going to be a three-dog race. And let me also say, I think that this division is going to be really competitive. Really competitive. I, I, I guarantee you, anyone that's maybe the NFC West is the only other division that someone could say last season was comparable to the AFC North. But if you're looking at this from a realistic standpoint, there's no way you could say that the AFC North is not going to be the toughest division in football in 2021. I'm going to say um, it's going to be really tight. I think three teams are going to have double-digit wins, Cleveland, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Cincinnati's not going to have double-digit wins, but I think they'll be close. I'm thinking they're going to be like eight and nine. And so, if you have Cincinnati at eight and nine, excuse me, if you, at eight and nine, I, can't get, I have to keep reminding myself that it's a 17-game schedule. I did say Pittsburgh's going to have double-digit wins. Let's just say they finish 11 and six. I think Baltimore is going to be close, but I don't think Baltimore is going to be good as good as everyone thinks. Baltimore is a team. I don't know. I have this gut feeling. I live in Maryland. I hear all this crap about the Ravens. I read about all these Ravens stuff. I think they're going to come out and try to – they want to prove that Lamar Jackson is a capable thrower of the football. But there's only one problem with that. Lamar Jackson is not a capable thrower of the football. So I'm going to have the Baltimore Ravens at 10-7. and 10-7. and seven. Okay? The Cleveland Browns, believe it or not, I have them finishing with the same record as Pittsburgh, 11-6. and six. The tiebreakers, I'd have to go in and look and see, but I, I think it'll be close. But I have the Steelers and Browns finishing with 11 and 6. The Baltimore Ravens at 10 and 7, and the Cincinnati Bengals at 8 and 9. I think it's going to be a really tough division. And it's also a really tough division to predict. The schedules are tough. Uh, and, and when you have to play each of those teams two times, I mean, look at Pittsburgh last season. If there was one team that you were saying, yes, we get to play them twice, it was the Cincinnati Bengals. They beat Joe Burrow at Heinz Field and lose to a backup on Monday Night Football in Cincinnati. It's just the way it is, and it's it's been that way forever. So that's a good question, though, Brian. Thank you very much. He asked a couple more questions here to finish out the show. He said, if you could... <laughs> he asked these off-the-wall questions, I swear. He said, if you could put any non-powered comic character, Punisher, for example, 
on the Steelers in any position? Who and where would you choose? And Brian, I love the question. I wish I was more of a comic book guy. I'm not. Uh, you can ask Dave Schofield and Brian Anthony Davis. They get so mad at me uh, when I tell them that I'm just not a science fiction guy. I'm not a um, I, I'm not science fiction. I'm not comic book guy. I'm just, it's just me. I like funny movies. I like sports movies. That, that's pretty much it. I've never seen Star Wars, any of them. I've never seen um, Star Trek. Uh, none of them. I've never seen The Avengers. I've never seen a bad, what is it, something from the galaxy. I've seen Spaceballs. It's as close as it gets because I like funny movies and that's a really funny one. So I can't really answer that, Brian. I'm sorry. And then the last question he asks is, what TV show do the Steelers remind you of? And he says, hashtag Ryder Dykery. What TV show do the Steelers remind you of? Huh. That's a good one. That's a good one. And I'm going to have to think about that. For some reason, because I <laughs> I think for the first show that comes to mind is Seinfeld. It's Seinfeld. And I'm going to tell you why. Not from a fan perspective. I'll tell you why I said Seinfeld. I honestly, I've been running this website in some way, shape, or form since 2015 and my goodness there are days where i feel like we're just creating content and it's just kind of like this this sick cycle and there are times where i feel like it's just a bunch of to do about nothing (laughs) and so seinfeld is a show about nothing and so that's why for some reason it's the first thing that came to my head i am a huge seinfeld fan i love it brian thank you very much for the question and all of my ride or die crew Make sure you follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. And on Tuesdays, I'll ask you for some questions for the mailbag part of our podcast. And y'all did not disappoint. I appreciate it. I did have several people join me during this show on the Spotify Green Room app, uh, which is free again for iOS users. That's the full app. It's a beta version for Android, so make sure you get that uh, by all means. And join me on Tuesdays. Several people are just listening. That's fine. That's fine. I appreciate you all joining me. Uh, in the meantime, folks, I'll be back on Friday. Make sure BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. You know how we finished it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you on Friday. Good day.